And is that okay? Wednesday nights, we, we just want to come together and honor God by recognizing what He's done for us and then, and then get into the Word and, and then we're going to spend some time together after, after this evening, after being in the Word. Uh, I believe we have some ice cream for you guys and so that's uh, always something that people like. I, I want to I talk this evening, I'm going to lead off with a question. And this is the title of my message, and it is, Who Are You in Line For? Who Are You in Line For? Uh, Let's pray. Father, I just ask you, Lord, that you would uh, take my heart, take my life, take, Father, the deposits that I believe by your Spirit have been placed in me, and communicate uh, what it is that we need to hear tonight. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Who are you in line for? Psalm, let me take you, before I explain what I mean by that, let me take you to Psalm 92 in verses 12 through 15. It says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. Now notice here, the Bible says when we're planted, there's a number of things that takes place. And if you notice this too, that it's not just being planted for a time, but it's planted until your old age. You just stay planted. Isn't that right? And you watch God do wonderful works. Well, the question that I have for us today is, who are you in line for? Who are you in line for? When I think about lines, I hate lines. I don't know about you, but I, I, especially, uh, especially when it comes to cars. You've been around Dallas before. You've been in line in, in, in uh, the traffic there, and, and it, it can be horrible. I, there's been times where I've gone uh, a mile, and it's taken an hour to just, take, just to get a mile in Dallas. That's no fun. What, yeah, especially when <laughs> Lynn has to go. And when Lynn has to go, he has to go. And, uh, and so anyway, but in the natural, it's no fun being in line. And, and there's all different kinds of lines in life. There's lines in church. There's lines, you know, in the supermarket. There's lines everywhere. And in the kingdom of God, specifically, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Who are you in line for? Uh, you know, if you're in line for yourself, then uh, it's probably something that you would be easily... Uh, distracted and be, uh, be, be willing to give up and move out of that line and, and move on to something different. Uh, I know I don't like to go to the grocery store because of the lines. I just, I just try to avoid the grocery stores. And, and it's because of, of, of the lines. But when you're, when, you're, when you're in line, not for yourself, but you're in line for others, it can change your whole world. My grandchildren, I don't know if you know that I enjoy and I love my grandchildren. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that whatsoever. I, I didn't think you've ever heard that. But my son made mention of this. Uh, we have a once-a-month leadership uh, meeting that we do, a, a gathering that we do once a month, and where our, our dream team comes together. And, 
And he made mention that, uh, that my grandchildren make me watch movies over and over and over and over again. Well, I'm, I'm the kind that only likes to watch a movie one time and I don't want to ever watch it again. I don't care how good it is. I don't like watching movies over again. Well, that I'm going to tell you, I watch these movies because I'm not in it for me. Yeah. I'm in it for them. I'm in line for them. Yeah. Uh, they like Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> when Chuck E. Cheese is packed out, there are lots of lines at Chuck E. Cheese. Now, I don't care for Chuck E. Cheese. I don't care about anything about Chuck E. Cheese. But we go to Chuck E. Cheese because of our grandchildren. Do you understand what I'm saying? And my question is, who are you in line for? Who are you in line for? Many times we get in line, not because we like the line, but we're in line for other people. And so that's the whole thought. And I'm going to tell you, our church is in line for people that aren't even here yet. Our church and the vision of our church is to grow a life-giving church that reaches the lost, disciples the found, and equips the next generation. We're here for the lost, we're here for those that are found, and we're here for the next generation. We're here in line. We're in line doing what we do because there's others that need us. And, and as I was thinking about this and, and, and preparing for this, there's a whole mess of thoughts. So I don't know exactly how all of this is going to come forth. But my heart behind this is that we would not ever, ever grow weary in well-doing. That's right. That we remember that we're in line because there are people that desperately need us. Yes. And we, it, it, there's always the potential of growing weary, but the Bible tells us not to. The potential's there, but it says don't do it. And we just need to constantly remind ourselves, who are we in line for? Is it for us, or is it for somebody else? So what I want to do is I want to take our time together tonight, and I want to just share four things. Four things that I believe that every Christian is called to. Every Christian is called to. Number one, first of all, I believe that we need to get, all of us need to get in a line. If we're not in a line, we need to get in a line. Because it's in that line that we make a difference. It's not when we jump out of that line. As a matter of fact, we, we need to get in the line because God's called us to a line. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says this, I beg you to lead a life worthy of of your calling, for you have been called by God. Notice here, I beg you, I'm pleading with you, please get in the line. Please find that line and get in that line and make a life-giving difference in people's lives. It's not about us, because if it's about us, we'll, we won't ever get in the line. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I, I, I say this about leaders, but I'm, I'm going to say this about Christians. When, when, when we become a leader, no longer can we think about ourselves. But I'm going to say this, really, honestly, if you read your Bible, if you become a Christian, it's no longer about you. 
Love is actually love is actually not all about us. It's about the other people. It's about reaching and touching and impacting and loving and making a life-giving difference in other people. And so we need to get in line. Part of my responsibility is to equip you for that line. To equip you for the works of the ministry. Not only my, my responsibility, but our, our pastoral team, our leaders here, we're equipping you for a line. A line that's going to make a life-giving difference. And for me, let me tell you, it happened right away. As soon as I got saved, I mean, as soon as I got saved, they, I, I, you know, I was, I was brand new. I mean, I didn't have any kind of uh, Christian background, and I'm so grateful that I didn't. I didn't have a whole lot to have to unlearn. I didn't miss nothing. And so when I came in, they just showed me in the Word, and it's like, okay, I, had, I fell in love with Jesus Christ. I'm absolutely still in love with Jesus Christ. And so when I saw, okay, I'm to be equipped for the works of the ministry, and I'm, to be able to, I'm supposed to be doing whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing for the kingdom of God. And I saw that. I just immediately say, point the way. I started getting there. I, I mean, I didn't know anything. Didn't know the difference between Old Testament and New Testament. You've heard me say that if you've been around here. I didn't, I didn't have a clue. And I just started stepping. I just got in the line. And immediately they put me through some a growth track they didn't call it growth track but they put me through a growth track and and immediately they got me into uh serving as an usher and then immediately into a small group and i mean it wasn't long that i was i was leading a small group and our small groups were bible studies it wasn't like our free market where it could be around anything and so they had me teaching the bible i didn't know squat and i made some huge mistakes and thank God for God's mercy and thank God for their patience. And thank God for all the people that allowed me to just, just mess all over them. <laughs> Spiritually speaking. And, 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 you know, I got in line. And there were times where God, because of his mercy, he spared me. I remember one time ministering to this lady and I was just... Uh, she she was talking about how her marriage she wanted to get back in her marriage and and her husband this and her husband that and she was uh, real heavy at one time and she had worked really hard and lost a tremendous amount of weight and was you know very attractive now and and that he was jealous and all of that kind of stuff and and right as I was I was talking with her she was in my small group as I was talking with her I had a vision. And through that vision, it was actually a combination of a vision and a word of, a word of knowledge, something that had already happened. And uh, it, it, I saw her committing adultery, not the actual act, but I saw that it just quick. I just knew that I knew that she had had uh, uh, relations with a guy, in a, a leader in the church. I mean, it was immediate. And, and I didn't even know she knew that other leader. And our church was, you know, it was several hundred people. And so, you know, I didn't, I didn't know everybody and not everybody knew everybody. And, and so I immediately, I just stopped what I was saying. I just stopped. I said, did you have, I said, I just feel like the Lord showed me. Did you have, did this happen? And her jaw dropped and it's like, yes. 
I said, God wants you to repent of that. She wouldn't repent. And God was, it was his mercy that was revealing it to me so that she would get her life right with him. It wasn't, he wasn't condemning her and saying she was through. He was trying to restore her. And so I, right then, I had to take that information to, to that leader. And I told that leader, I said, listen, this is what happened. And I explained to him, and I said, did that happen? Yes. Now, he was married, too. He was also married. And he began to weep, sob like a baby. And he not only repented right then, he went to his wife Repented, went to the leadership, submitted to the leadership in their uh, uh, discipline, and, and he got restored. God's mercy. But later on, I felt like, and it wasn't much later than that, I felt like the Lord showed me that one of the reasons that he revealed this to me is that she was, she was after this hottie. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, you're laughing at them, okay. <laughs> the point is this. Get in line, and God will take care of you. Are you going to make mistakes? Yes. Are you going to do something? I, I believe that if you keep your heart pure, God's going to protect you. Amen? Get in line. Get in line. Second thing that I believe that we're all called to as Christians is that we're not only to get in line, we need to stay in line. We need to stay in line. Philippians chapter 2, verse 20 through 22, it says, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only about themselves and not for what matters to Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. In other words, he stayed in line. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. You know, we all need not only to get in line, but we need to stay in line because there's so many people that need us. And I know that there's going to be temptations to get out, get out of line. I remember one time during Thanksgiving going to San Antonio. Oh, my gosh, down I-35. It was like it took us hours and hours and hours. It already takes five hours to get there. And I think it ended up taking something like nine or ten hours to get there. And, and, and it was horrible on the way back. It was the same scenario on the way back. On the way back, we got a little bit smarter, and we got out of the line. And we took a different route. We took a different route. It, took, it, was, it was longer, uh, and, but nonetheless, it, it probably was quicker than staying in that line. And many times, I think that's what we do, is that because the line sometimes takes a long time, we jump out, but we got to ask the question, who are we in line for? Who are we in line for? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 says, He died for all, so that all who live, having received eternal life from Him, might live no longer for themselves to please themselves, but to spend their lives pleasing Christ who died and rose again for them. Amen. We're in line. You know, we, we have line jumpers. <laughs> Jump out of that line. 
And I was thinking about this. I was thinking, uh, I remember, I remember going to, I don't remember who it was, if there was any of these, uh, if you here that were, uh, that I went with or we went together, but going to Six Flags. I remember we were riding, uh, I think it was, which is the one that lifts you up and it drops you? Superman. And, uh, and we were standing in that line and man, I tell you, that line's so, so long. And it's like, oh gosh, I don't, I hate lines. I hate going, I hate going to those things because of the lines. And I remember somebody telling me, and, uh, that you can, there's a different line that you can jump on that if you're, uh, uh going solo, if you're going by yourself. Do what? Speed pass, whatever it was. Anyway, I, I, I ditched the people that we were with. And I got out of line and started going, and I started going that, uh, that, that line. I think I wrote it two or three times, being able to, you know, take that speed line. And as I understand, uh, 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 Disneyland has those lines. These different people have these lines. And, and, and it's so easy to be thinking about ourselves when we're in a line. But we're not just called to get in the line, but we're called to stay in a line. Because there's people that need us. There's people that need us. I'm so grateful that we're here as a church. Because I tell you, we've been at this for 22 years now. And, uh, and the line has been a long time. I know some of you are not even 22 years old. And, uh, and so we, the, 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 line, the line has been long and we've been in here. But I'm so grateful that we're here. You see all these different pink t-shirts that says Team Cindy. I'm glad that we stayed in line so that there's a line that can be there for Miss Cindy during this trial and challenge in her life. Right? We got to remember who are we in the line for. And so when we're tempted to ditch people, go our own way, start our own thing, do whatever it is that we want to do because uh, things get tough. We need to ask the question, who are we in line for? Who are we in line for? Number three, the third reason why I believe, or the third reason I believe that we're all called to something and, and what we're called to is I believe that we're all called to start a line. At some point, we need to start a line. And for us at, at Church on the Move, one of the easy ways to start a line is small groups. Amen. We can definitely start a line there. But I, I want to I turn your attention to a couple of passages of Scripture, and then I want to comment on, on it. And it's this. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38, it says, Jesus saw the multitudes, and he was moved com- for, uh, with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send labors into the harvest. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, man, there are so many people that need a line, but we need people to start a line. We need people that are going to be willing to to not do what they're doing for them, and start doing it for other people. 
And I thought, of, I thought you know, we, we all have lines. And, and I'm specifically talking about in a local church, but I'm also, I know that there's other lines that we need to be starting. And I was thinking about you, Rachel. You've got a line for special needs children. Thank God that you've not only got in line, but you, uh, you stayed in the line and you're starting lines. And, and Rusty, the same way with you for uh, a nursing home, you, you're doing the same. And, and just other people that are doing that. We have, we have people that are doing that. They're not only getting in line, but they're staying in line and then they're starting lines. And I'm here to tell you, God wants to reach the multitudes. Jesus was moved with compassion. His heart was moved for people. And he says, the labors, the labors are the things that we have problem, a, a lack of. We, the, the, there's so many people out there, but we need people that are going to start a line. And I'm so grateful that, that I've immediately, uh, immediately uh, uh, somebody got to me and started saying, listen, you need to start a line. I started, as I said, I started leading a, a small group right away, and I didn't, know, uh, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did it anyway. And, and I think I've told this story, but I'll tell it again, because you need to hear it again. But uh, my pastor came to my small group, and he heard me speak. <laughs> and he says, have, after the small group, he came to me, he says, have you ever heard you speak before? Have you ever, listened, have you ever recorded yourself? I said, never. He says, you need to. And that was it. <laughs> Next time I recorded myself, I listened to myself, and it was so bad that I could not even, I, I could not even finish it. I, honestly, I could barely even get uh, through a little bit of it. It was so bad. And, uh, and thank God for all these people. And I tell you, it was reaching people. I mean, God was doing some marvelous things. And I've said this too. I believe why. It's not, it's not all the abilities that God's given me. And, and I can speak now. And I can communicate. And I can connect. And I've got lots of gifts and that, that God's uh, helped me to develop in my life now. But I, I believe my greatest gift is my heart. And God's always used my heart in the lives of people. And, and he's done that. But I just stepped out and did it anyway. And I'm so grateful. And I, I was new to, to the things of God. I mean, very, very new to the things of God. And during one of my small groups, my little brother, he came to that small group. And in that small group, he gave his life to Christ. And within a couple of weeks after, two weeks after, that was when his life ended here on this earth. And I'm so grateful that I, I don't know if he would have come to a small group if I wasn't leading it at that time. And I'm going to tell you, there might be some people that wouldn't even come and, and darken the th anything that has to do with God unless you're leading it. You might, need a, you might just need to start a, 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 a small group. And, 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 and I'm, you, we're going to give you some time to pray about it, think about it, because we're in the middle of our semester and the next semester doesn't start till next year. And so it gives you time to pray and, and connect with people and and you can, you can submit your small group right now already. We can get you trained for it already. And then uh, come February, when we kick them off, we can get you going there. And we can tell you what's needed, whatever, and we can get you going. But God needs you and I to start a line. He needs us to.
Amen? And then uh, Matthew, I don't remember if I read this, but uh, Hebrews chapter 5, not even Matthew, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, it says, You have been believers so long, so long now, that you ought to be teaching others. It's like, you've already been at this for a long time. It's time for you to start a line. It's time for you to do something. Let God use you. We're the body of Christ. We're who God uses here on this earth. We're the people. We're the ones. Amen? Amen. Let me give you one more thought, and I close with this. Number four, we need to finish our line. We need to finish it. Paul the Apostle, he said this. He says, I fought a good fight. 2 Timothy 4, 7. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. One of the saddest, saddest things I believe that happens. I was listening to Pastor Robert Morris this past week, and he was, he was talking about on this message, he says that uh, statistically that those that are Christian the longest are the ones that witness the least. That there are less people reached by those that have been a Christian a long time. And the saddest, saddest thing that I think that, that takes place is that uh, we, tend to, we tend to start maintaining instead of ground gaining through our Christian walk. And we start to maintain in our life, and we, we never finish everything that God wants us to finish. We never press through. We never reach that next person. We never reach out to that next person that God wants us to reach out to. And, and for some reason, uh, people uh, get out of line. I know that lines can be tough. Naturally, naturally speaking, it can be tough, but we need to ask the question, who are we in the, this line for? My granddaughter came to me, and uh, there was uh, someone that was teaching, and, and uh, this person left for whatever reason, and, and she came to me, and she says, Poppy, she says, why did so-and-so leave? Why? And, she, and she just couldn't understand why. And she says, you know why and she just she's just sitting there questioning why did so and so leave in her mind it in you know she couldn't process why so and so got out of line why so and so did not finish this line why so and so as far as i know so and so's not even in church last i heard why is it you know that could be a, a number of reasons sometimes we we get offended get our feelings hurt Oh my gosh, get over it. Too many wishy-washy, weenie Christians. And if you're here and your feelings are gotten hurt, you need to get over it. Go to Lowe's, get a ladder, climb it, and get over it. Amen? Seriously. We just, we, we, we've got to get over it. And I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not. My heart is like, it isn't about you. There might be somebody that needs to be reached that only you can reach. And if you're not in line, and if if you're not finishing your line, and you're not connecting them to a a great body, a life-giving body, then, oh, oh my gosh. I don't know. I, I love people. And we need to reach people. And so I didn't know how to respond to my granddaughter. 
I honestly didn't. I said, just don't know. I just don't know. And, uh, and so today, I'm going to end with this. Who are you in line for? If it's for you, then you'll probably get out of line. Because it's easy to. But if it's for others, you'll stick with it. Because they need you. Amen? Amen. So, I believe some of the messages that God's given me is that he's getting us prepared. I believe that he's positioning us. I believe uh, he's already doing things. Uh, He's already doing great things. But I believe there's so much more than what we even, even believe and even think that he could do through us. And he's getting ready to do it. So let's get ourselves ready. Amen? Father, thank you.